Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. to Nightlight. So glad you could join us tonight. It's going to be a fun show. I want to thank Ken Quiethawk first off for his amazing intro. He and his wife are native storytellers and they have made a an amazing career of preserving that tradition and and sharing it with with humanity and check him out. He's on the internet. They have CDs with their their stories and it's an amazing way of of learning about history, cosmology, and ways of life that far surpasses the textbooks that we have out there these days. I have tonight a cool guest. I have Alison Carmen with me, and she's written a book whose title entranced me, and I had to read it, so I had had to read it, and I did, and I, I decided it was a great book to share with all of you. It's called A Year Without Men. After decades of fighting to free themselves from male-dominated social and economic structures such as glass ceilings and pay equality, women still struggle. But many have are poised to rise up with innovative ways to approach the many problems facing today's world. A Year Without Men is an essential guide to every woman's success and liberation. Using the events of a very painful year in her own personal and professional life, her husband left her, her consulting business took an unexpected hit, and she faced a serious health scare. Business consultant and life coach Allison Carmen explores the forces in women's personal and professional lives that hold them back. As her book's subtitle, A 12-Point Guide to Inspire and Empower Women, she offers simple, practical tools to help women to look within, to find their own values, morals, and passions, to work on their skills, to call on other women, and to forge new ways to do business. Together, women can create new ways to earn money, new ways to look at beauty, and so many other new ways to be in the world. Allison holds a BA in accounting, a JD of law, and a master's of law in taxation. And after working for a large law firm in Manhattan, 
She founded her own law firm and built a successful practice focusing on real estate, corporate mergers, and acquisitions and taxation. After 15 years of practicing law, she transitioned her practice into business consulting, business coaching, and life coaching. Do you see a theme here? Allison is also the part-time CFO of the Motherhood Center, a mission-driven for-profit business that functions as a day hospital for women with perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. She's a really cool person, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Allison. Oh, Barbara, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I love I loved the title of your book, just as many women do, who, who um, have come to a point of time in their life when a year without men might be a really good thing. Um, <laughs> you know, not not necessarily, but but that element of competition is always there on some level. Um, it 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 just it, it intrigued me, and your twelve step program was fabulous. And and I think especially in today's world, so many women are at a point in time where they really want to. Um, to to magnify the talents and the gifts that they carry within, and, and it's so hard to find them, and it's a, it's so hard to find ways to express them, and not to not to compete, but just to be a partner in in so many aspects of life. Your book gives gives so many wonderful tools for people to expand their lives and become become better people, and you don't have to have been through a, a divorce or, or a breakup or whatever to incorporate these tools into your life because they really are the kind of tools women should be given from childhood and they aren't. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I was, you know, brought up to to think that I was going to get married and I would have a career and I would raise my family. And, and somewhere along the line for me, I didn't realize all the things I had sacrificed within. And it wasn't because I was married. It was because of the system, the patriarchal system that's around us and how hard it is for women always to have a voice in the world. You know, we try, we try, but there's a system that welcomes men more. There's a system that pays men more. There's a system where more men, you know, lead the the big companies in the United States. They lead more management positions. They're on the board. So, you know, after a while, I think a lot of women turn around and they say, well, it must be me. It must be me because I have the education and I'm smart and I have what it takes, yet I can't seem to get ahead. And I think when we start to kind of tap into the system that's around us, but after we look at that, we look within and we start to discover who we need to be and who we truly are and how we can make our way in the world, things really start to change. And for me, this happened with a very bad breakup, but like you said, it, it a 20-year-old can read this book and be empowered, or someone who's in a beautiful marriage can be empowered. It's just about tapping back into ourselves and getting rid of the doubt and getting rid of the fear and being truthful with the world around us and then finding a way that we can move forward. Yeah, I think there there are roles that women have been in. You know, I, I can remember when when I went to college, um, and a long time ago, um, you could be a secretary, a nurse, or a teacher, and maybe an airline hostess. But that was it. You know, you were so, you were expected to, you know, have a career sort of. But but the goal was get married, have children, 
support a husband and and die and and it right. not not quite that you know fast but but it it was sort of like there were no opportunities and when I see the opportunities that are out there today for women, it's just you know it's just so amazing that that I find also the other thing is we are put into traditional roles instead of allowing ourselves to discover where our talents and our gifts lay and follow those and follow your bliss, follow your joy, follow the things that are, that give you joy and and make you a more joyful person to be around. Um, yeah. Quite often, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I when I counsel people, it's sort of you know am I, they'll say, "Am I on the right path?" And it's like, "Are you happy? Are you joyful? Are you celebrating and being creative?" And if you're not, then you're not on the right path. So find the right path. It's not that you've made a mistake. It's just that you've taken your time to get to where you have to follow that path. That's all. Right. But what I think happens, I mean, if you look back in my generation, we. You know, women and men graduated, like, in 1991, they graduated from college at equal rates. So we were led to believe, right, that you could be anything. You could be a doctor. You could be a lawyer. You could be an accountant. And the problem with my generation is that, yes, you can be all those things, but it doesn't mean you're going to get ahead. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy to get clients. It doesn't mean you're going to be made a partner. So it's kind of like, and then if you look at women who are young today, sometimes they get upset thinking, well, what do you mean I don't have opportunity? I think everyone has opportunities, but I think the patriarchal system makes women doubt themselves, right? And and what happens is the more you doubt yourself, the, you just keep thinking you're going to find a way within a system, and then you're not thinking about happy. You're not thinking about joy because that road looks so uncertain. You don't even know how to get there. And I think that's, you know, what women really need to overcome, so many of these things that we've been taught to really, like you said, let go of them and ask ourselves these questions. But, again, if we're afraid of the unknown, if we're afraid, you know, to speak up, if we're doubting ourselves so greatly, we don't get to those questions. And that's what I really want to see women do to be able to have the strength and resilience to ask themselves what will give them bliss, what will make them happy, and then find a way and find the resilience and courage to actually pursue those goals. That was really my hope and dream for the book, that it would help women do that. Well, I think you've you've given them some, you know, really good suggestions on on you know, how to find those aspects within themselves and and it's just I I know so many women who are in their 50s and 60s and you know, they they now have the freedom because unfortunately most probably, you know, their their husband has passed on or whatever and it's like now you can be yourself. Now you can find out who you are. It's never. It's, and I think that's the other thing. It's never too late to find yourself. And, I, and I agree. I agree so much. So that, so that it's 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 kind of like okay. So let's find out what gives you pleasure. Let's find out what gives you joy. And then how you how, how can you? To me, it's it's if you are following those areas and elements that give you joy the universe sort of prevents it pre- presents you with the opportunities to 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 move forward with them um it, it it isn't so much you have to hit your head against a brick wall it's create the joyful um radiation within yourself and and it it it, it magnetically draws to you the opportunities to express it in other ways um so so it's uh it's an exciting thing. I mean, you've you've given people the permission 
to discover the magic that they hold within them. And, right. and the first thing we need to do, right, I mean, to interrupt, the first thing we need to do, though, is to look at our relationship with uncertainty. Because, like I said, a lot of people are so afraid of what they don't know. They're afraid of a new path. And they won't even allow, again, for them to say what will give me joy because they believe they, don't, they won't be able to attain it at some point. Right? They believe, like, what's the point of asking that? I'm not going to be able to go out in the world and start a business. I'm not going to be able to ask for a raise. So it's like we need all these principles to build up within ourselves so we have the courage to ask what will bring us joy, and we have the courage to take that first step. And that's what happens when we're afraid of the unknown, we're afraid of uncertainty. We don't ask the question, and we're too afraid to step forward. And so that's my hope that that the first step for all women is if we could conquer this fear we have of the unknown because a lot of women are going to have to achieve their goals in a different way often the straight line that men are able to take a woman cannot take and have the same type of success some women can but a lot of us are going to be have to be innovative a lot of us are going to have to start our own businesses or find a way to go to college when we have kids or start a side business or be creative and intuitive and and use these extra tools but if we're afraid of what we don't know we're never going to take that first step. And, and, again, that's the first chapter of the book. I discuss how we could overcome our fear of the uncertainty so we could ask these beautiful questions that you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's, it, to me, your, your book was just, it rang so true. And, you know, I'm older than you are, so, you know, I've been, you know, I've seen how, how these things progress and how they work. And, it's it's just to me uh, in today's world with with young people coming out even out of college even I have a grand, granddaughter who's fourteen and you know as, when you when you talk when I talk to her it's like you know well what what do you want to do with your life and you know she she would she says you know I don't know but I know certain things that I like and certain things that I don't like and I said well that's a great foundation to build on you know just just please realize that. In in your your lifespan, you will have at least five or six major careers. So whatever you choose first doesn't commit you for the rest of your life. And it's, it's so interesting you, know, you say that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's when when I look at your bio, I mean, you know, lawyer, and then. Um, and, and you write, and you've worked f- uh, with the Motherhood Center, and you know you've had you've had I think it's five to six. They they did a study a, a long time ago. It's probably even more more major careers that you can have in your life, so that so that you're not locking yourself in. And if being a wife is one of those things that you want to be, go for it. But don't lose yourself. And I think that's that's what happens to so many people. If if people continue to follow their dreams, no matter what their relationship is, with ever whoever, whether it's a a partner or whether it's you know a job, if if you continue to follow your dreams, you can't help but have a rich life. If you let go of your dreams to help someone else find theirs, it never works. So right, keep your focus on where your pathway is, and it can always be with another person. I'm not saying it can't be, but but make sure that you you keep your own dreams going because that is your life jacket. 
if something yeah. happens. If you're, you know, that's that's your life jacket. And you you did a magnificent job of finding your life jacket. And and your book certainly chronicles your journey, which is phenomenal. Yeah, but it was really hard. I I have to say that I don't want to use the word hard. It was very challenging because. Even though I did all these things, I, I relied a lot on my marriage. And I never in a million years thought my husband would leave me. And I was not out in the world the way he was out in the world. I, even though I always worked part-time and I had all these passions and interests, but he was really made more money than I did. And when he left, you know, I really had to scramble. I mean, I was very lucky that I had these degrees and I had a practice and I had books. But I was not ready to financially take care of myself. And, you know, it's so interesting, too, because when you look at statistics, and I think you were referring to this earlier, at the age of 65, 49% of women are unpartnered. And it's so amazing that, you know, when you're 20s, you think you're going to get married and have these kids and have this great marriage and rely on somebody else. And no one ever thinks, wow, when I'm 65, most likely half the women that I know will be unpartnered. And then as it goes on, it gets even worse. By the age of 85, 60% of men are still partnered, and only like 18% of women are partnered. So like you said before, it's like our, our destiny at some point to be independent, to be financially independent, to live on our own. And so what do we make of that? And, and like I think you're referring to, it's that you have to keep a sense of yourself, and you have to keep your dreams alive, and you have to keep – everything within you like up to date and real and curious because if you don't what and if you're relying so much on somebody else one day you might find yourself in a very compromised position compromised financially or also compromised because you didn't pursue your life stream and i was half in and half out and it was really only because i was pursuing pursuing my dreams even though i was focused on my children that i was able to kind of regroup in my early 50s but it's something that we need to remember. And every time I have a young client and they start to fall in love, I always say, keep your dreams alive. It's not even keep your career alive. Keep your dreams alive because that will uh-huh. keep you curious. That will keep you out there. That will keep you doing something that matters. And, you know, meaning comes before anything. And if we have a meaningful life, then we have a fulfilling life. And sometimes we give up because it's hard. We give up because we think we're supposed to play this certain role. But when we hold on to our true selves, then we will always find our way. And, again, another dream for the book is is to have people to see this. And like you said, it's not about being without a man or being with a man or being in a relationship. It's just without a sense of ourselves, we kind of lose that meaning, and, and meaning is everything. And, and honestly, out of all the things that happened, it was so devastating that my husband left, but I returned to me, and there were pieces of me that I was hiding and there were pieces of me that I forgot. And I wasn't always out there in the world the way that I wanted to be, the way I needed to be. So this was heartbreaking. This was like scorched earth, but it also was a rebirth. And for me, it came with so much pain. And people don't need, like you said, that you don't need to go through something like this to to kind of connect with yourself and to pursue the life you want to have. And that's what my hope was, that people would read the book and they would kind of awaken to that, you know, along with many other things they read or come in contact with, so they don't have to be heartbroken to find themselves. Because that's a really oh, hard yeah. way to do it. And I, and I don't recommend it, but that's what happened <laughs> to me. And I, I'm very lucky and blessed, right? But, you know, there's an easier way and uh, an easier path. Well, you know, I've, it's, it's one of those situations where, it, it was it was a wonderful thing to happen to you, but you're not going to write a thank you note just yet. 
Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, I don't. You know, it's so funny. I've, I've gone a lot of interviews, and people say, "Isn't it better now?" And you know, I'm of the belief that does the best always happen, or you have to make the best of it. It it doesn't matter because you have to make the best of it. Like this was the hand that I was dealt, and if I'm not careful, um, if you're not careful, what happens is that you tell the story so long. This was wrong. This was bad. This shouldn't have happened that you get lost in the story and then you stay in this place of pain and you stay in this place of broken ideas and expectations. So for me, I'm just trying to say that I'm strong enough to handle what happened to me and I accept it. I might not like it and I believe in maybe and I believe in hope and I believe that the life in front of me will bring me towards manifesting an abundance and I try not to to write, you know, think about the thank you note because sometimes that kind of messes me up a little bit. <laughs> I, I, but I know I some people are able to do that. No, uh, well, yeah, I'm not one of them. Um, I've had a couple of situations in my life that were that were devastating, and and in retrospect, they were the best thing that could have happened to me in my whole life because they they did get me to where I am today, which I love. But but I'm not writing thank you notes. You know, I'll have to evolve more spiritually next lifetime to be able to do that. But if <laughs> not this lifetime, for sure. Um, another, it, it's hard. Another yeah. another target area that that another person that that this book would be perfect for um, are I know a lot of people that that have spent their 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 life on being a mother and a wife and getting taking care of the kids and making sure the kids were out and, and married and happy and all of that. And it's it's empty nesters who suddenly who have not pursued any of their own their own wishes and hopes and things like that. They've just been focused on their children. I, I tell people I've told people who are friends of mine as I saw their kids getting, you know, into high school and stuff like that start start working on yourself because when when the nest is empty you're going to look around and say well what do I do now and yeah. you're and, so, you so know, right about that empty nesters are are prime target for this book because um quite often you have sacrificed part of yourself part of your own hopes wishes and dreams and and when your children are in college, when they're when they're you know pursuing their own lives, when you've let go, or well, we never let go. Let's be honest. But but <laughs> but when they leave us and they let go, um, you suddenly have an empty house and an empty life, and there's no more volleyball practice. There's no more band orchestras. There's no there there's no more clubs. There's no more anything, and it's like. Holy crap! I've just given twenty years of my life, or thirty, depending, and and now what do I do? And your book yeah. is perfect for those people. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. What's so interesting about what happened to me is that when my husband left me, I had one daughter in college, and my other daughter was she was fifteen years old, and so I had three years of kind of reinventing myself, and now I'm an empty nester. The book came out, and two months later I became an empty nester. But because of the work and because of the book and because of everything that's happened, I actually, I do I do miss my children, but I'm not having that experience because I'm so busy with all this meaning and this thought and these creations that I 
made the last couple of years of my life and before that too. So again, I agree with you 100%. It's like this book is a pathway to not only, you know, dealing with all the things that we face in corporate America and empowering ourselves, but it's also a path to finding ourselves. And you're right. There are moments in our lives where we can lose ourselves and, and yet, you know, build, you know, bringing up kids is a beautiful investment, no regrets, but you hit a point that you're like, now what? And so how do you kind of invest back into you and deal with the parts you haven't dealt with and figure out how to get back out into the world? And I agree. I think it's the perfect book. And it's funny that it's the book that's guiding me right now. And I've really had a beautiful transition because I've been working on these things for a long time. So I've been an empty nester since September and I kind of experienced it differently. Like, again, I miss my children, but my life is very full. It's full, it's full with meaning. And, like, I get, again, meaning will, will give you everything you need every day. Absolutely. And, you know, you are um, – I think people have to realize that they are, they are their own lifesaver a life preserver, and they are their own teacher. And, and it's, it's, it's amazing that, that if you sit down and you start to look at what did I want to do, what, what aspects of life can I, can I, can I get back into that, that um, are going to give me power to empower me to be me instead of just curling up in a ball someplace and reading romance novels. And there's nothing wrong with romance novels. I prefer science fiction. But, but you know, <laughs> but, but the reality here is that, that women have, in my opinion, a greater sensitivity and creative energy than men do. And therefore, that energy can be an amazing tool to find within yourself and then to um to become creative with it um i i started a podcast never dreamed it would become a network a little overwhelmed with that but but it it's sort <laughs> of like if you if you know it's it's like field of dreams if you build it they will come and it's right. true i rewatched that movie the other night because it was kind of like we we have inspiration within us constantly and and we don't always listen to it, but if you listen to it, and even if it sounds silly, do it. Um, yeah. and you know, yeah. And the two things I find that, that happens is that the reasons why we don't do it, at any age, but especially, you know, when a woman gets to a point of when she's an empty nester, one is we'll say, I'm out of time. It's too late. I don't have what it takes. And the other thing, again, and which we know that, that that time is just a story, right? It's just a oh, yeah. story that we tell about why we can't have the things that we want because time has nothing to do with it. Age has nothing to do with it, especially with all these platforms and being able to do things online. It's like you don't even have to travel to start a business. You don't even have to leave your home to make money. It, it's really an incredible time for people of all ages. And, again, the other thing is fear of the unknown. And and that is the thing I find gets most people. Most of the time, people do not start something new because they have an idea and then they look into the future and all their fear and all their doubts create a projection of it's not going to work out. I don't know how to do it. I'm not sure how I'm going to get there. And they don't realize that the dream is the first step and uncertainty is our best friend. What we don't see is that what we don't know 
is going to save mm-hmm. us. The, the unknown is where it's at because if you want to fulfill your dreams, it's in this place that you can't even see. But because it's so unlimited, that's where it is. And, and for me, the reason why I was actually able to survive my husband leaving me, I was able to get a CFO job for the first time, is I live in this place that I call maybe. And what maybe is, it's the hope within the unknown. What happens is many of us live in the maybe not. It won't work out. Maybe uh, there's something bad's going to happen, and we forget that in the unknown, yes, the maybe not exists, but there's also this maybe that has the miracles. It's this maybe that has all the possibilities, but for some reason, our mind always goes to the negative. And for me, because I was so afraid of the unknown, I couldn't play. You know, a lot of people are able to be positive thinkers, but for me, if I try to be positive and then something bad would happen during the day, I would get negative, and that's what happens too. People are like, oh, I'm going to start this thing, and the minute they can't get financing or the minute someone says no, they get negative and they give up. And for me, this idea of maybe has always brought me to this place of not knowing kind of builds me up because it makes me realize if I don't know, then what I'm dreaming is still possible. And I I just want to give your listeners this beautiful story, and this is the story that really – changed my life. And I know many people have heard the story before, but for me, I was a negative thinker. I was not a maybe thinker. I was always worried about what was going to happen next. And if I didn't know, I projected it was going to be bad and it wasn't going to work out. And then one day I heard this beautiful story about this farmer and he had a horse and his horse ran away. And his neighbor came by to the farmer and said, you have the worst luck. And the farmer said, maybe. But the next day, the farmer's horse came back with five mares, and the neighbor came by to the farmer and said, you have the best luck. And the farmer said, maybe. But the next day, the farmer's son is on the horse. He falls off and breaks his leg. And the neighbor comes by and says to the farmer, you have the worst luck. And the farmer says, maybe. But the next day, the army comes to take his son to war, but they can't take him because his leg is broken. And the neighbor comes by to the farmer and says, you have the best luck. And the farmer says, maybe. And in the Taoist tradition, The story literally means things are neither good or bad. But for me, and probably because I'm from the West, this story gave me hope. Because the minute something bad happened, if my horse ran away, it would never occur to me that he would come back with five mares. And so I started to play with this idea of maybe, like if I lost clients, I'd be like, well, maybe I'll get a new client or maybe something else will happen. Or if I didn't make enough money or whatever would happen, instead of getting to this place like things are bad, they're not going to work out. I would literally just start to say maybe. And all of a sudden I would see my mind would calm down. I think maybe is the most magical word in the English language. Like I know they have magical words in other languages. I think of the English language it's maybe because when I would say maybe, my mind would settle, my fear would settle, and I would become naturally more open. And then over time I would just ask myself, what's my biggest fear? And if my fear was about, let's say I was starting a business, I'm afraid I'll never figure it out. I'm afraid I'll never get clients. I'm afraid no one will ever buy my product. And I would actually question my fear. I would say, are you absolutely certain that fear is true? And that's the beauty of it. It's like our fears aren't certain either. When we recognize that, we feel relief. It's such a relief to know you're not doomed. And then you say, Uh what else is there? And then you start to ask yourself, maybe you start to say maybe statements, like maybe I can do this. Maybe things will get better. Maybe... Uh, I can accept this and still be okay. Maybe I should call my friend. And if you do this practice every day for about 20 minutes, what happens is that all of a sudden you start hanging out in that place where people with faith hang out. 
You start hanging out in uncertainty, and all of a sudden, you just shift. You're not desperate. You don't feel despair. And hope becomes your middle name because you know you can't be certain. of. And so you live with knowing that things could not work out, but you also live with knowing that it can. And once you give people a little light and a little hope, everything changes. So anybody, no matter what age they are, if they start to live in this place of maybe and uncertainty becomes their best friend, they will start a business. They will go back to school. Um, they will do anything because they know that anything's possible. And for me, I, I truly believe that if I didn't have this practice, I don't know how well I would have done when my husband left. It was this idea that uncertainty would lead me someplace else that gave me courage every day. And, and that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I mean, I wrote another book called The Gift of Maybe, and, but it, it had a lot of meaning to me back then, but my husband leaving was the hardest thing that ever happened to me. And knowing that I didn't know what the future would bring and I knew that life had maybe brought me hope even during my darkest hour. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that's something that it's a wonderful practice. I I totally believe that, that you know, if somebody tells me I can't do something, I immediately look at them and say, well, of course I can. Um, I may not do it well, but I can do it. And you know it, you know there 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 is there there is that aspect too. But I remember when I when I um, created the deck of cards, I painted them with watercolors. And um, after you know once they were published and everything, people were were looking at them and saying, you know, that can't be watercolor. I said, oh, I'm sure it is because I was there. And they said, but it doesn't. Watercolor is not supposed to look like that. And I said, nobody told me that. And so my watercolors look like oil. And, you know, it was kind of like if somebody had said, oh, no, that's not the way it's supposed to look, I, I think my response would have been, well, that's the way I'm making it look. So that is, it, it can do that. And even with my website, when I wanted to change it and, and redo it, I, I had a, a technician that was going to do it for me, and I told her what I wanted, and she said, "Oh, you can't do that." And I and I said, "Why?" And she said, "Well, websites aren't done that way." And I said, "Is there a rule?" <laughs> and she said, "No." And I said, "Then either you'll do it, or I'll find somebody who will do it." And I yeah. love my website, but that's um, but that's tremendous conviction. That that's you're somebody that sounds like. You hold your own even during adversity. You hold your own when people question you. People like me, I didn't always have that power in me. What, what would happen is if, if those things happen in my life, even though I know I wanted it away, even though I know I wanted my website this way, I wanted my cards this way, the minute, and a lot of women have this, the minute we're questioned, because we don't always have the same opportunities, because things that happened to us when we were a kid, we start to doubt ourselves. And so what uh -huh. happens is then all of a sudden we're battling the positive and the negative. People who are positive like you or have the conviction, you can hold it. But those of us who can't, right, we need another way. So for me, what, what I would do is I, I would go into maybe, and I would say to myself, well, maybe I could still do it this way. And, and maybe what I'm thinking is correct, and, and maybe I should hold on a little longer. And what that does for me is that gets me where you are. And so because – Sometimes the uncertainty of someone doubting you, the uncertainty of not knowing, just kind of knocks us out. And then we're like, I can't do this. I, I'm just going to forget it. I'm not going to be able to go forward with any of these things. But with maybe, 
it allows you to kind of hang out with someone like you and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to move forward because maybe everything is still okay and maybe I can still accomplish my goal. So it's interesting that maybe can build people the same courage as those people who can be positive thinkers and have resilience and conviction. Um, because what happens is our doubt and our insecurities, they knock us out, and then we never try. So I, I, well, think, I think that you're I, lucky to have that conviction because oh, I, I wish I had that most of my life. Well, it wasn't always there. Trust me, but right. um, <laughs> it, it, I, I probably went through a maybe stage, you know, in there, and, I, and maybe is still a wonderful word to have at hand when, you know, everything falls falls apart. And it was well, maybe when I put it back together, it'll look even better. And you know, it's it's maybe is a wonderful word to use. And and I think that that when people are going through difficulties, when people are going through tough times, and, and a lot of that is going on today, uh, I think that your book helps people to find the way to create a better independent themselves than, than you know, if, if life were going on normally, a lot, of, a lot of people would be caught up in the routine and not have the opportunities to sit back and take the time to go through your 12 steps. And, and, and I also, think times are uncertain, right? Times are also really, yeah. really uncertain. And so what's interesting, too, is like even my first book, like people are more interested in my first book than they were seven years ago when it came out because, you know, life is just as uncertain as it's always been. But I think many of us feel that every every day looks the same, right? We, we think the days, because we're, we don't, see things changing so drastically. And the pandemic, I think, has made a lot of us feel, right, that, that oh, my goodness, life is more uncertain than it's ever been. But like I said, it's always been this uncertain. And so people are more interested right now in building inner resilience to deal with the pandemic and to also deal with, you know, a lot of people are making changes in their lives. What makes me happy? What brings me joy? Which brings us back to your original thought that that's one of the most important things, no matter what's going on in your life to go back to you and, and ask those questions. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, to me, for me, having creativity in your life is is one of the most important things. And it doesn't, you don't have to be painting the Sistine Chapel or anything like that, but to have a creative process that, that, that it, it, to me, the creative process opens the portal to great expectations within yourself to allow your dreams to start flowing in a more in a more productive way so whether it's doing jigsaw puzzles whether it's um i don't know organizing your medicine cabinet i don't care what it is so long as you do something creative every day you are you are opening that channel to allow the magic that you have within you to flow into your life and enrich it to a greater extent, and and that is also giving you the the courage to to step forward to to try to to answer some of the questions you've had about yourself and and to create a life that is that is rich and, and, and amazing for you and and that's following your dreams and you know it, it, yeah. it you're, I, I I think people's expectations and 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 stuff like that about Life sometimes you know you you've talked you talk about expectations in in your book about how they can set you up from time to time, yeah, yeah, expectations what they do is that's the story of our lives, right 
of what we expect, especially if you're very committed to family and you're committed to your children and you're committed to life a certain way. When something happens in our lives very unexpected, our expectation of the life we thought we were going to have can really stop us from growing and stop us from moving forward. And there was a point in my life that I saw that. I was like, I can either keep telling the story that my husband shouldn't have left me and this marriage was supposed to last forever and we were going to retire together, we were going to have grandkids together. If I don't let go of that story, then I'm not going to be able to create a new life. And and sometimes our expectations, like you said, when you're talking about creativity and curiosity, we don't even allow ourselves to explore new things because we have this view of our life. This is who I am, and this is what I do, and this is what I'm supposed to do, and this is how it is. But these, again, are stories about what we think our life is today and what it's going to look like tomorrow. When we break that and we ask ourselves these greater questions, like you said, about joy, about creativity, about what gives my life meaning, then the expectation's quiet, and then we become closer to our authentic selves, who we really are. And it, one of the most, I think, important things I did is that I questioned my expectations every day. And even today, I could find myself, if I'm not careful, I can get lost in that even today. Even just, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's, you know the holidays can be challenging. You know, you're in a 30-year marriage, and all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, not at a 40-person Thanksgiving. You're out to dinner with both your kids. If you don't, if you keep telling the story, I, he shouldn't have left. I miss the holidays. It's like, ah, da, 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 right? Then, then it's a miserable day. But if you're able to say, okay, you know, I, I'm not happy about this, but I accept this, and this is my new life, and that's not my life story anymore. My life story is unknown. My life story is about meaning. My life story is about creativity, curiosity. My life story is about going down the block to a French restaurant with both my kids on Thanksgiving. When you start to kind of like reinvent it, life will follow you. Or you'll follow Absolutely. life, whichever way it works. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's funny because when when you th- when you think you have things figured out, and this happens to me all the time, I hit the brick wall on a regular basis. When you when you think you have things figured out, and and you know it's like, oh, this is magic. Magic is going to happen, and then it doesn't quite happen, and you're disappointed. But then. Three weeks later, you look back and think, what was I thinking? You know, that was so limiting. That was so restrictive. How could I possibly have thought that that was what I wanted in my life? And, and you know, I, I have found that, that having expectations, while, while it's, well, well, you can't avoid them. They happen. But, but when you, when you, when you kind of lock into them and sort of click them into place and say, this is this is it, this is what I want out of life. Then you limit yourself because there's so much greater potential out there. You know, this would be nice to pass through. There's there's a, um, I, I had, um, I've been fortunate to have a lot of very interesting people in my life and some of them it was really good that they came and went and others not so much, but I was engaged to a, a, a guy for a while and found out that he was cheating on me all over the place. And, you know, we had we had already bought wedding bands and stuff like that. And so um, when he moved on, and he moved on fast, um, I took the wedding band that I had um, had bought him, and on the outside of it I, I had engraved, and this too shall pass. Hmm. And Beautiful. I wore it for a very long time, 
because I wanted to remind myself that no matter how bad it is, it'll pass. No matter how good it is, it'll pass. And even cooler stuff will come. So don't lock yourself in. Allow yes. yourself the freedom. And that's what expectations to... do. Right? That's yeah. what happens. We actually, we think we're safe. We think we do it, right? We write the expectation and the story to feel safe. Because deep down, we sure. all just want to be okay. Again, it's always about uncertainty and certainty. But what we do is we turn our back on our lives. And we don't see it. You're so right. We, we just, we want what feels right and safe so badly that we don't see the, we stop seeing the depths of our lives. We stop seeing our passions. And on, on some level, I did that in my life, which is unbelievable to me because, like you said, just when you think you know it, you hit a wall. I was out there helping people. I was teaching people about uncertainty. I thought I was rocking and rolling and everything was great. And when I hit that wall, I saw that I had a lot of expectations and the biggest certainty in my life was my marriage. And so I was dealing and I was teaching, but I wasn't looking at that place I was clinging and that I was attached and I was not out in the world the way I needed to be. And it was a very hard lesson to learn. And that's why it's so beautiful when we do the work now, when we let go now and, and turn our, we don't turn our back on our life, we turn our back on the expectations and we open to life. And, you know, no regrets, this is where I am today, but what a beautiful thing to do in your 20s or your 30s or when you're 60, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but we all have so much depth, and, and if we're breathing, then there's this beautiful life waiting for us in, in every moment, but we just have to be willing to not reach for the known and always go for what our heart tells us. Yeah, that's that's the important thing. And and I think that, uh, you know, I... I I have people that you know. I have friends that that are, are locked into, you know, being a wife and being a mother, and and you know that's their life. And on on occasion, I will talk with them and say, well, you know, once everybody's, you know, once the nest is really empty, what do you want to do with your life? You know, I, you know, you 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 are an amazing person. What do you want to do? It, it, you don't you don't put your feet up and just wait for the grim reaper because you know with with your kind of luck you'll you'll be 105 and still waiting so you know don't sit on a silver tray and wait for something because your rear end is going to tarnish and so <laughs> let's let's do something with life let's let's find you know what makes you happy what makes you joyful and then she comes back with you know well being a mother and being a wife and i that's that's fine but there have to be other dreams there too there there's creativity there's something here and and there are people that just don't want to look for it they don't want to give it a try they don't want to stretch themselves and sometimes it's it's okay to say to somebody then 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 so long as you're happy that's all that counts you know, I, I would I would rather see people like that finding something that gave them joy and that they started to do so that when they had the space and time, they could flow into it with greater ease. But, you know, the universe is, is, is unusual and we all have a a contract of some sort and sometimes it's it's meant to hit brick walls enough times so that, you know, just short of a concussion, you get the point. So... <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I saw about me? I actually saw that it was always, especially as a woman, it was always very uncomfortable 
to start something new. And so when the going would get tough, I had this marriage that I could go back to because it felt safe, it felt certain, because change comes with being uncomfortable. Doing something uh-huh. new, starting a business, writing a book, even going to a painting class, whatever it is, there's a level of being uncomfortable that we need to accept. And a lot of us, the minute we feel uncomfortable, it makes us feel uncertain. And when we feel uncertain, we get scared, and then we believe this is not good. This cannot work out. I'd rather go back home and put my feet up and live the life that, that I know. And, and we always forget that nothing is certain, that the thing we're betting on might not be the best bet. And that's the saddest thing of all when you look at life and you, and you bet on certainty. And you realize betting on certainty is not your best life, was not your most meaningful life, was not your most fulfilling life. And the worst of it all is it might not even be the life you end up getting. And to me, that, that's the most heartbreaking thing. Like, was I living my fullest life? Like, I was betting on the certainty of a marriage, but I was backing away from things that made me uncomfortable. I was backing away from certain passions. I would have actually never um, taken the job at the motherhood center. I was their consultant. And um, my husband told me he was leaving, and two weeks later, this woman I was working for, I was just her consultant, called me and said, I need you to come in more often. Had my husband not told me he was leaving, I would have said no. I would have thought to myself, why, why would I ever take that job? I've never been a CFO before. That I would have had a million reasons why. It would be uncomfortable. I'd have to do this. This could be unpleasant. And honestly, like being the CFO of the Motherhood Center has been one of the most rewarding positions I've ever held. I mean, I've been on my own for a really long time. I mean, I was, at a, I was a lawyer at a large firm, and then I went out on my own. And it's really only the second time I've really worked for a company in a, you know, a part-time capacity, but it's an all-woman company. And uh-huh. I've had the opportunity to, to work for this wonderful visionary and to kind of move forward with women's health and meet these amazing people and learn so many new things. And it was very uncomfortable, but I only did it because you know, I almost had no choice, right? So I think we have to know that uncomfortable doesn't mean bad, and uncomfortable doesn't mean wrong. Uncomfortable is part of the path when we're changing our lives. And again, choose the meaning, choose the passion, because certainty feels good in the moment, but it doesn't last, because it's not the choice of our best life. And it's funny, again, I was teaching uncertainty, and yet I was choosing an aspect of certainty in my life. And like you, I hit the wall. And I didn't even see it. If you would have spoken to me on June 29, 2018, I would have taught you about uncertainty and I would have told you about my life and you would have been, oh, my goodness, look at her. Look how strong she is. Look how she's living. And I I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And when he left, it hit me, like you said, a ton of bricks, that I I was playing it safe. And that safety was keeping me small in certain ways. Again, I'm not happy it happened. It broke my heart, but it also opened my heart. And I kind of wish I had opened it on my own years before. Well, you know, that sometimes, you know, we need help. And, you know, wasn't it fortunate he was there to give you the help? (laughs) (laughs) Again, no thank you note. But um, <laughs> it, it, I, 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 every now and then, when when a major lesson hits me, it's like, okay, I got it. But there's no thank you note. <laughs> um, but you're right, and and that gives people permission, right? That gives us permission, yeah. like in a way, 
you're, you're saying to me, you're giving me permission to look at it and say, I see what I had to work on. I see my growth, but that really hurt and no thank you note to you. And, and, but it gives people permission to look at it in a different way, right? Because sometimes the pain is so great that we don't allow the lesson. And sometimes the anger blocks us moving forward. But when you, when you allow someone to, like you just said, when you allow someone to look at their lessons, but you don't have to forgive somebody, it gives us permission to have another experience. And I actually remember, you know, I don't talk about forgiveness in the book, but I remember when he left, I was, I was so into my spiritual practice that I did everything to try to forgive him. I think I went to forgiveness before I went to dealing with my own anger and dealing with my own hurt because I felt so guilty that I was so angry. I felt so guilty that I, I wished horrible things. I had never had, you know, you, you know, people who know me, like, oh, you're such a nice person. I had the worst thoughts I've ever had in my entire life that I almost felt guilty about having. And this, this trying to forgive somebody when you're not ready is just, it's a dead end. It's a dead end. And so I've gotten to a point that instead I've worked on my anger and I've worked on my expectations and I've worked on moving forward and I've worked on not thinking about him and thinking about me. And, you know, if forgiveness comes in this lifetime, it'll come. But right now I just say, you know, universe, God, you know, you can, you can handle that piece. I can't. Um, and, and right, no thank you, no. And like you said, maybe this lifetime you and I will get to it. <laughs> or maybe it'll be another life. Um, well, you know, I have, a, I have found I have found that the that in the you know I've been in this field for gosh over half a century now, and I have learned that in the universe there is a balance, and if you get out of the way, the balance is always done far better than you could have done if you had wanted to get even. And um, I remember, you know, I had a breakup a long time ago, and um, it, it, was, it, it, it was a bad one. And um, his family kept saying, you know, his, one of his relatives offered to break his legs, and I said, no, no, I'm going to take care of it. And he, he, they were in the mafia, and I really was pretty sure they would break his legs. And that was not the body part I would have wanted broken, but, you know, <laughs> You know, but, but but you know, I kept saying that I'm going to take care of it. And after about six months, his aunt called me and said, "We're just we're we're holding our breath. We don't know what you're going to do, and we're really worried. Are are you going to have him killed?" And I said, "I don't think so. Um, I'm not real sure." And and she, you know, she, then she got really upset. She said, "What are you going to do?" And I said, "Absolutely nothing." Mm-hmm. And, and and she she said what and I, and I said nothing, I'm not going to do a thing, I'm going to let the universe take care of it. Mm-hmm. And the universe did take That's care beautiful. of it. He had an accident, and the body part I would have broken if I could have got damaged, and, <laughs> and it's like I would have been arrested if I had broken it. But you know, so so it was a matter of. The universe saying, you know, we'll get it, and and you don't always see the balance. That's 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 the part that really upsets me. You know, I want to see, you know, I want to be justified, but 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 the universe, there is a balance in this world, and and behavior towards other people, 
the you know it comes back it it there is that balance and it may not even be this lifetime but that balance will be carried out and if you get out of the way of it um it it you know you don't have to take responsibility for doing something bad because then it'll come back at you so um yeah i just find the miracle for me was the balance in me the balance of of getting out of my own way and finding that there was a better way for me to live in in balance uh-huh. um so i i think that's that's the that's to me the the biggest miracle when i'm when i'm able to kind of let go of the expectations and um you know it just reminds me there's this there's this beautiful um woman her name is um Nightbird and uh she is a singer and she was on America's Got Talent I think and she sang the song and they loved it and the balloons came down and she had cancer and she had to drop out afterwards and her life's dream was she always wanted to sing and have people listen to her and she said how can the universe give me all of this and cut my hands off because you know she's so ill that she can't go out and sing and that she has all this recognition but she gets to a point, you know, that, that she writes that, you know, maybe the miracles, you know, are are bitter and sometimes they're sweet, but we can't kind of look at them that way. We just have to recognize when they're here and not judge them and allow them. And so when I look, for me, part of the miracle of all of this is my own inner balance, like to ha- not have to hide pieces of myself and to be able to love myself, to have an opportunity for me to begin again, almost like as a child, you know, almost Mm -hmm. like a, like a new, a new opportunity, a new start, a new beginning. And I just try to focus on that because I find when I, when I focus out, I can't make, make sense of it. Cause like you said, you don't know what happens. You don't know which lifetime for me, it, it all just seems too big for me. But when I'm able to kind of, go back to me and say that this is a miracle. Like it might not be how I thought it was going to be and it might not be exactly what I asked for, but what a blessing to find myself so deeply in this lifetime. So I try to look at it like that. It, it The other way I get, I just get lost for me personally. So I just kind of keep going back back to me. Well, I think the universe always gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. And yes. sometimes yeah, <clears throat> sometimes we need to have the space to discover there are parts of ourselves that we need to work on. And you you yeah. speak you speak in the book about hiding parts of yourself. You want to go into that a little bit and explain to people what you mean with that? Yes. I, I think what happens is that especially as women, I think in society we see things that we believe won't be accepted. So uh, maybe we hide, and it comes, again, mostly from childhood. Maybe we hide our opinions or we hide how we look. We wear certain clothes. We, we hide parts of ourselves because we believe if people really saw all of us, then we would be rejected. And we don't realize that you can't hide from the sky. Like, we don't realize that we think we're fooling everyone, but what happens is when you hide any piece of yourself, you're not your most empowered self. It's almost like you think you're getting over on everyone, but you're not because the minute a piece of ourselves is cut off, no matter what it is, we we lose a piece of our power. And it just reminds me of a story of a friend of mine. She she went on this interview, and she got pretty far down, um, 
you know, kind of almost to the last round. And in the end, they didn't hire her. It was a sales position. They hired someone else. And when the recruiter called, you know, the, the, the people and said, you know, I thought you loved this person. Why don't you hire them? And they said she never smiled. And because she never smiled, we wonder how clients would look at that. And when I went back to my friend and I asked her, you know, why you didn't smile, she said, because I was afraid they would see my crooked teeth. And so that's mm-hmm. how it goes. So in a way, like she was hiding, right, something she thought that she would be rejected for. But in a sense, she was rejected because she's a very bubbly person. She didn't. And that's what a lot of us do. And, you know, when I look back on my life, I think that I hid uh, parts of my body. I hid some of my talents. Uh, I wasn't always out in the world because I felt uncomfortable. And when my husband left, I, I had no choice. Like, I it was just like bare all, right? You're out there. There's nowhere to hide. you got to go out. you got to make a living. you got to, you know, show up everywhere. Um, you got to give your opinion. you gotta, you got to make money. So it, it's so interesting that all those pieces, kind of the light just shined on them. I never realized that I was kidding myself, right? Again, you can't hide from the sky. But um, – Sometimes it just becomes more apparent, but when we can do this work ourselves, then we don't have things like this happen. When we could do this ourselves and we're fully empowered and we're fully there every day, like you said, the, you, the universe helps you and, and you find a way. But when we hide pieces of ourselves, it's like we're only out in the world 75%, 50%, and we wonder why our lives aren't working out. And so for me, like coming forward with that and realizing, look, maybe there's nothing wrong with me, and even beyond that, you know, you don't want to get to a point where you have no choice to reveal everything about yourself. You want to be able to do it in a more gentle manner. Uh, but for me, like I said, the places I was hiding, it was just the rug was pulled out and there I was. And as much as it hurt, it's been a blessing because your life is so much, you have so much more grace and ease when you're okay being yourself. It, it's almost like you just show up. And it's a lot easier than hiding and wrapping yourself in this and not speaking up and not being who you truly are. So, you know, the book has a lot of exercises and methods, but it's a beautiful thing to check in with ourselves and see what am I not doing? What am I not saying? Where am I not going? Because I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid I won't be accepted. I'm afraid I'm going to lose something. And we don't realize that we're already losing. And the win game is to show up and be ourselves and let the universe guide us and and be guided, again, by truth and meaning and passion and joy. And then then we really have the life that we desire, and we can create so much more in our lives. And, again, that's another hope from, from writing this book. I really hope that people choose it because, again, when you don't choose it and you have a very difficult situation to face, it's harder to go through it. I, I was just very lucky and blessed to have had the support I had to get through it and to have the spiritual practice. And um, so today I hide less. I hide less. I'm more uncomfortable. I have pain, but I'm not hiding. And it and it's freeing. You feel free, which is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, I think what's, what's fascinating, you know, what I found interesting is that your your career in, in and of itself started out in a, you know, a male-dominated world with, with your, your law degree and your master's degree and then working in Manhattan. And then you went to your own firm and then your practice, you know, uh, focused on real estate and corporate acquisitions and taxation, and then, and then you moved into business consulting, business coaching, and then life coaching. And and it, it your your whole career is is a mirror of going from 
trying to fit into other people's concept of what success is to evolving into what you feel success is and and it yes. it, it it's it's a going from a, a corporate attitude to a spiritual attitude i think it's it's an amazing um uh trip that you've been on and and your career just mirrors the changes in you and how you have you know gone into a more spiritual um valid uh expression yes. of yourself within your reality yeah and and i i appreciate that observation i i really do and what's so amazing is that and also to have the opportunity to go back into corporate America with a deep spiritual practice and a, and a deep confidence and resilience and then to land at an all-woman company, to really not, to have this structure where it's so collaborative and so understanding and yet you're working with people who are so smart and so innovative that to really get the opportunity to see what it's like when you respect yourself and those around you respect you and you know, being a woman is not an issue at this company. It's so fascinating, right? It's like that if someone doesn't like you, they don't like you, but it's not because you're a woman. You're not undermined because you're a woman. You're not held back because you're a woman. So to kind of go back into it and be so different, to go back into a company and have that experience, it's been it's been really healing. And, and it just really shows you when you do the work, you do end up where you're supposed to be. And I have no idea what, you know, will happen next in my life. But it's been very empowering to have, to have, you know, look, it's unfortunate my husband left in, in so many ways, but to be able to do the work and then to see it play out in such a beautiful environment, I feel very fortunate. But, again, that, that comes with doing the work, right? It comes with a lot of letting go and a lot of processing and a lot of self-love, but everybody's capable of it. We're all capable of it. We just have to be willing, right, to go on the path and look mm-hmm. within and, and find what what is really important to us. And again, like uncertainty and being uncomfortable is part of the path, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be deeply painful or bad. I think, like you said, it's it's deeply painful when we hit that wall, and we often hit the wall when sometimes we're ignoring what's what's singing within us. Oh yeah, and I think the other part too is that, especially with relationships. Um, when when you're young or whenever a relationship starts um people most likely are are focusing on what their dreams and what their wishes and what their hopes are for the future no matter what your age is and there is a light that that radiates from you and so often in relationships um women especially will put their light out to help their partners light shine and what happens is you stop being the person that they were attracted to in the first place yeah and if you keep that light lit then then there is a a a, a better chance that the that the relationship will last longer um yeah. isn't that ironic I, I, isn't that ironic that you you think that you're doing everything to keep the relationship going and and giving up who you truly are dims the light and the light is the thing that emanates the light is the thing attracts the light is the light is everything our light is everything and we dim it so easily 
by thinking we're doing the right thing for the people around us or or society, and we don't realize that the light is where it all starts. And um, that's so beautiful that that you brought that up. And well, and, and you know, it's it's interesting because when you do give up your dreams, then you create a, a form of cancer, and and you know it will eat at you. And so, so you definitely become less of a person because you've let go of your dreams. And, and you know, okay, some people will say, well, my dream is to have a good marriage and have a good family life and stuff like that. And that's, that's great. There's nothing that says you can't do that. But you also have a purpose within the lifetime. Your spirit is here for a reason. And it's that reason is to grow and to utilize the tools and the gifts that you have within you. And if you're not answering that, there there will be a feeling of emptiness that will that will eat at you. And I'm not saying you're going to get cancer, but I but I am saying that 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 will that will be something that will, you know, you will you will regret and that regret can can create problems at some point in time. So don't give up your dreams. There are always ways of, of keeping up with your if you dream that you're a writer. For gosh sakes, write write a book. Um, right. You know, I you know I, I was about to say any idiot can do it and publish these days, and, and that's true. Um, but but you know, put something out there. Um, get your right. get your thoughts out there. I, I, and you know, the, it, there's just there's nothing that stands in your way. I mean, okay, neither you nor I are, are ever going to be, be Miss Teenage America this life. But are not. But you just ruined no. my dream. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> get another one. Um, <laughs> I, I it, it, it's just you know there are there are there are realities that face us. But um, I mean, I'm 77. And I have always regretted not taking the piano lessons my mother tried to force on me when I was 12. So one of one of my bucket list things is I'm going to take piano lessons. And and I may discover that I am not the virtuoso that I thought I was, <laughs> but I am going to take the lessons and learn how to play Silent Night. And you know, if I can get that far, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel like okay, I've been there, done that. Now on to the next. But but it's it's sort of like you know, there are simple things you can do in your life that will not get in the way of your job of whatever you are doing. And right. and so I, that, yeah, so, I, I agree. But I think sometimes right. what happens is that the reason we don't do it is because we look too far ahead. I think we, we psych ourselves out. Again, it, it's about uncertainty. We look ahead and we're like, well, how am I going to learn that or how is that going to be successful? And, again, it, you know, it's not about that. It's about step one. It's about, like you said, connecting what's important, what's my desire, and, and, and then look what is the need, right? Look beneath the desire and, and feel, find out what the need is and then take the inspired action and don't worry about it. I think you and I both, we started podcasts. Like when I started my podcast, I had no idea. I just got a microphone and I found a program and I didn't worry about anything. And had I worried about it, had I thought about staff, had I thought about, you know, production, I, I, I would have never gotten there. And I just did it. And sometimes I listen to my early podcast now and I laugh. I'm like, oh, my God, listen to all the static, listen to all the noise. But 
I did it from my heart. I did it from my dream. And it's still, you know, it's still a passion project today. But, you know, when you hear from people, you're like, oh, thank you so much. That really made my day or that changed how I saw something. I realized, like, wow, like, I'm able to give a gift to people every week, every other week, because I didn't worry so much about it. I didn't look too far ahead. I went with what my heart heart told me. So we have to be careful. Uh-huh. Let's not look too far ahead. Yes, when you're starting a business, you have to look to see, you know, you have to do projections. You have to raise a certain amount of money. But after a while, we psych ourselves out. And so we have to be really careful to stay closer to the dream. And And some of the most amazing, successful businesses that I have worked for over the years, they were crazy ideas. Like one of my biggest clients ever, he, he started this company, and he said, I'm going to create a company that, that's going to have health coaches. And he sold the company for hundreds of millions of dollars, and it, it was like a crazy idea 25 years ago. But he's really mm-hmm. one of the, you know, the fathers of, grandfathers of the, of the you know, the health industry today. Um, so it's so interesting. So we shouldn't worry so much. And and we should do the things that people say are crazy and, and just stay with them. And, yes, we have to be accountable. We have to pay our mortgage. We have to take care of We have to care of But I think we, again, we suffocate our dreams because we worry too much and we're afraid of the unknown. And we don't realize that when we reach and when we dream and when we realize uncertainty is our best friends, that's when we create miracles in our lives. Every book oh, yeah. I've written, every podcast, everything I've done has been a crazy dream. And now I'm working on projects. And people are like, you're crazy. And I say to myself, I'm so happy they think I'm crazy because that means there's a good chance that it's going to get done. <laughs> I have a feeling I know you're the same way. Like, I'm at a point. I think that we all go through a maybe phase, and now, like, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm exactly like what you said before. When people question me, I've I built up through maybe the resilience, and I'm just doing it. And, and I'm actually acting as if these projects are happening. You know, there's there's a movie project I'm working on, a Netflix project I'm working on. I call it Netflix. People are like, oh, you have a deal with Netflix? I'm like, no, I don't have a deal. But I call it that because I'm creating something, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's all so exciting. If we if we don't get stuck, it almost can make our heart beat double time with excitement. It's like we oh, yeah. psych ourselves out. And, yeah, yeah and, and so I have a feeling you and I are, are very similar that way. Like we just have all these projects going on and we just go with them and we don't think about – and we don't crush ourselves by worrying about every detail. We follow the passion and the inspiration, and then and then we see what happens. And, and that's how I live my life at this point. But it took a lot of maybe, like you said, as well as you. It took a lot of maybe to get to the point where now <laughs> when people question me, I, I just I move forward like you. And, and it's, it's such an amazing way to live because you're living in your zone. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, when I, when I started Nightlight, I have intentionally left up the first podcast because they were so bad i figure people can go back and listen to them i mean they were really bad but they're they're still there and and you know it's kind of like you know go for it and you know this is where it started and this look where it came and i don't know where it's going but it's it's a lovely ride um and yeah. the the other thing that that um that that you've touched upon and i i kind of want to you know, put a, put a highlight on it. Um, a long time ago, I um, I had a husband who did a lot of the graphic work for me on on the website. And when he passed away, um, I wasn't you know I didn't really have the tools to to do it. And, and there was a person who who said you know she could 
she could do it for me and and you know and I offered to pay her and um and I found that that um you know I wanted to to know how to do some of the stuff and she said no it's too hard you can't do it you know I'll do it well she stole my website and um she changed all the passwords and I wasn't able to get in <laughs> so I had to I had to pay somebody to hack my own website <laughs> <laughs> to oh get my, my website back. And then when I finally found a webmaster that I could trust, I said, look, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to do the graphic work. I want to be able to put stuff up. I want to, you know, when it comes to the heavy duty, put the bones in, you know, that you do that. But I want to learn how to, and you know what? The stuff that I was told was so hard that I couldn't do is a piece of cake. And and it was sort of like she told me it was too hard, so I didn't even attempt it. Yeah. And I yeah. let you yeah. know. So so now when somebody tells me something is too hard, I respect the fool. I, I I say you know with, with great respect. Thank you for that advice. Where's the book? You know I you know yeah. I, I'm yeah. gonna find I'm gonna find a person that can teach me this because um, I will not be defeated by saying somebody that I, I I can't do this. That's ridiculous. I can do it. Yeah. Do I want to take the trouble to learn it? Maybe not. But, you know, I can do it. So it's, and I think yeah. so many people are are stopped dead in their tracks when someone says, it's too hard, you can't possibly do it. Yeah, right. Especially Bullshit. women, right? Because we're, we're, fi- we're filled with so much self-doubt already because of, yeah. again, you see the male counterpart, he, he achieves more. You see your husband, your boyfriend achieve more. You hear what, you know, you know, how women are judged all the time. We have to, and that's what the book is about. Like, how do we transcend that? How do, how does the voice within us become the loudest voice in the room? And, and that's, you know, you just told the perfect example. Like, when your voice is the loudest, you don't, you, you listen to people, but you follow your own determination more than anything. Um, yeah, so I, I have a similar path. People are always saying that's impossible, and I always say maybe that's not impossible. And, I, you know, I hate to use that expression, but it's like you lean in. You just keep, you, you know, again, I don't mean it the way that the book talks, that book Lean In talks about it, but you just lean into your life. It's your life. It's meant for you. And if your heart's open and you lean in, you, you just keep saying yes, right? And you and you just keep oh, yeah. moving forward. You, you make me laugh. I remember my first podcast, again, like, I, I, had I looked about what everyone else was doing, I, I just, I, my, I would have shut down. I actually wrote it out on paper. And when you read it, it's so funny. You hear me and I say, hello, my name is Allison Carmen. And I'm, like, reading because I'm petrified. But That's <laughs> exactly what I did. Good. Yeah, That's and you exactly just what you I do did. it. And, and honestly, my mother listened to the podcast and maybe my friend. <laughs> that was it. But you just. Just keep going, and, you know, the more your heart's open, people eventually, they find you, and you find them. It, 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 it is such a beautiful life, this life, if, if we just lean into the love that we have for ourselves and others and our projects, and, and I love that. I love the fact that, you know, you know, it's unfortunate that you had that experience, but that, you know, but, but you know what happens, unfortunately? I know people that would have an experience like you, and they would shut down. So those are the moments. Like, it's funny. Like, the, the most challenging moment is the moment of elevation. It's the moment when real things are achieved. Because I know people are like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I lost the website. I, I'm just going to give up on it. And that's the moment where you have to find the way. 
And for me, like, you know, now I'll just move forward and maybe use maybe, but it's about believing in who we are. And and that's what I kept write, trying to write in the book to show women a path to believe in their voice and believe who they are because I think women are geniuses. I think they're business warriors. And, and I, you know, I actually have met smarter women uh, working at this company than I've ever met other people in my entire life. So um, it's a really beautiful journey when you allow yourself to be on it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that was another case of I was I was grateful for the experience because I, I learned something important. But, again, that was a, a no thank you note. Um, it, it was right. like now it's <laughs> like, you know, you know, find somebody to teach me this or find somebody that can, you know, tutor me through this or find a book I can, you know, play with because, um, you know, there it, there are no limits at all. And and I think right. that it's important for people to understand that. There are no limits. Um, and, and, you know, if you if somebody tells you there's a limit, they're, they're, they're trying to stop you in your tracks. And, and that's when I put my shoes on and say, oh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um, and and I, I, I think everybody has that within them. It's a matter of, you know, opening the door and finding where it is and then putting it on and, and you know, going out and conquering the world. And, and I will promise you the brick walls are still there. You're going to hit them. But... Um, right. It's just a matter of, you know, backing up and, and you know, realizing that, that, you know, you don't always have to go through the brick wall. You can go over it or around it or uh-huh. under it. Exactly. And and that's the thing that we forget. We're so linear. We want certainty. Again, it, again, it's about uncertainty. We want certainty, and certainty is a straight line. And sometimes the door is shut, and a lot of us, when the door is shut, we give up. And so for me, even to this day, like sometimes I'll be totally determined and sometimes I'll need maybe. Sometimes I'll hit a wall and I'll say, well, maybe there's another way. And just even saying that opens me up. It's just, again, Uh we just have this tendency to want to know, tendency to feel safe, wanting someone to tell us we're okay, and that has to come from within. And for me, at this point in my life, being okay is following my heart. That's when I know I'll be okay. When I go against my instinct, that's when I feel shaky. But for a long time, again, my marriage was my certainty. And and like I said, anytime we choose certainty over meaning, certainty over joy, certainty over passion, we end up at the short end of the stick at some point in our lives. And again, it it might not be easy, but it's it's definitely a worth life living, a life worth living. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and you know we we are we are. Are, are schooled and brought up to have tunnel vision as far as our life as a woman. And and as soon as you take off those blinders that are restricting you to that one pathway, you have the world open to you. I mean, today a woman can do anything, you know, almost anyhow. And and it's 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 sort of like you know it, there's so many choices out there and do as many as you want to but but there's so many women today that are 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 feeling um imprisoned almost because of the because of the pandemic and everything and and this is a one I I tell people I am so I am grateful for the pandemic because it's given us a chance to get inside of ourselves and really work on ourselves and and discover things about ourselves. And um, I think one of the other areas I really want you to go into is um, 
the compare and despair. And, and I think um, everybody has to, to pay attention to that because, you know, we are so unique and we are also precious and we are perfect. And we are we are made to compare ourselves to illustrations and, and people on on television that that are airbrushed and, and all sorts of stuff and people have to accept their beauty as they are and and realize that, that, that because of our uniqueness we are beautiful. And, you know, we may not be the same shape or, or size or whatever, um as other people but but there's a beauty in us that will radiate if if we acknowledge it. Right. I, I just want to go back to the pandemic for one thing, and I do think the pandemic has been harder on women than men because of child care issues. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of women were in the service industry. So I do think the pandemic um, was very challenging for women, but I, I do believe that it is a time to recreate, to be innovative, and to look at our lives and say, you know, what's going to help us? move forward. And again, if we could have a better relationship with uncertainty, I, I think that it is a time, an opening period for women. It's just we have to be willing to take unique paths. Some of us, you know, we're going to need to work from home and start a business. Some of us are going to try to, you know, work out a hybrid situation at work. Some of us are going to have to go back to school and, and just find a way. And so I think the pandemic, if, if we could heal our relationship with uncertainty, we're going to connect and we're going to go into maybe and we're going to find a way. Um, when it comes to comparisons, I have to tell you, when my husband actually ended up uh, moving in with a, a 34-year-old woman quite soon after he left me, and, you know, if I was ever going to sink into comparisons, that, that was going to be the moment. <laughs> and I remember that um, uh, my friend called me up, and it was a male, and he said, you know, you, you have to – the only way to get revenge is to look great. And I remember thinking to myself, how – how is that going to be revenge? My heart is broken, so I'm going to look great, and then my life's going to be great. And we, you know, and I, I, and he actually did say that. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to get holistic revenge because you know I'm so into health food and stuff. So I went to this holistic spa, and I really, I, I was so messed in the head. It was like a couple of months after he left me, and I really went to the spa thinking it was going to help. And of course, the universe always has something else in mind. And the owner of this holistic spa was an 80-year-old woman and a great healer. And, of course, I started to cry the minute I got in there and started talking about my husband, not my facial pores. And, um, and you know, she was very deep, and she ended up giving me a book that she had written called Absolute Beauty. And when I got home, I was hysterically crying, and I got into bed, and I started reading the book. And if you look in the – and in the book, it talks about the definition of beauty. And if you look in Webster's Dictionary, the de- definition of beauty – is that which gives pleasure to our own senses. And I remember thinking to myself, what? Beauty is what gives me pleasure. Beauty is what gives my eyes pleasure, my smell pleasure, my taste pleasure. And I'm thinking to myself, my whole life as a woman, I've been plucking my eyebrows. I've been trying to dress a certain way. I've been uncomfortable in every room I enter because I think I need to be a certain way to be loved and accepted and to be beautiful when the joke is on me because Webster's Dictionary says that beauty is what gives me pleasure. And it sounds something like so simple, but, you know, the simplest things in life are like a perspective shift. 
And I remember I, I went out walking after I had this realization, and this woman was walking towards me. And she was blonde, and she was young, and she was tan, and I guess at the time she was who I imagined my husband was with. And I looked at her, and all of a sudden, instead of having these thoughts of, I should look like that, I need to look like that, my first thought was, how she looks doesn't give me pleasure. And it wasn't, I wasn't putting her down. It just wasn't what I felt was beauty. And I shifted my eyes to the trees. And all of a sudden, I got pleasure from the trees. I got pleasure from the sky. And that was like the first time that I, I started to look at what beauty was differently. And it, it really was a life changer for me. And when I start to slip, when I start to go on Instagram and I start to see, you know, how women are being portrayed or how I should wear, what I should wear, I actually stop myself and I say, Allison, is that actually giving you pleasure? And it rarely does. The things that give, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, people love clothes or they love makeup. It's, it's literally what fills you up. And so when I go off track, I say, what am I looking at? What am I comparing? What am I comparing myself to? I get back to a place in my heart and I say, what gives me pleasure? And sometimes giving pleasure to me will be, you know, getting dressed up. Sometimes pleasure for me is taping a podcast. Sometimes pleasure for me is going out with my friends. But when you focus on the true meaning of beauty, you stop comparing. And again, like you said, compare and despair. It's like trying to compare an apple to an orange. And it is actually the biggest way women are disempowered in our society is that we're taught to compare ourselves and to feel less. And it's an illusion. And, and it's not a winning game because every day something can make you feel bad. Instead, you could switch that and every day you could connect with what you think is beautiful what you know beauty truly is for you, and you can have a totally different experience. And, again, it, it's not that I don't slip. It's not that, you know, I don't have a bad day. But when I bring myself back, I walk into every room knowing that I am enough, that I am lovable, I am valuable, and I go more quickly to the beauty of the moment and what gives me pleasure than comparing myself and, and putting myself down. It, it's really it's one of the things that got me through the last couple of years. And, and it's true, too. It's not even like I'm making an excuse or I'm rationalizing it. I'm really tapping into what my essence finds beautiful, and, it, and it's a very meaningful way to live. Oh, absolutely. And I've, I have found personally that about every 10 years, I absolutely reinvent myself. Um, and it, it, you know, it, looking back over the, the decades, um, I, I can see how how it happened. And, and when um, a long time ago, I had a car accident, and I, I was forced to stop teaching. I, I taught special education for 25 years, and as soon as I knew that I was not going to be able to go back in the classroom, I gave every pair of high heels away, I gave every dress away, and every skirt away. And my mother was horrified, and, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, they aren't me anymore. And, and you know, I am comfortable. I am sloppy in many ways, mm -hmm. but I am comfortable. And I don't feel I have to be a certain size. And I don't, you know, I, I so so I allow myself to become, you know, over time, changing every decade or so, and, and it, it really is kind of interesting because every decade I could see a major change in my life. And mm. 
it, it, it may not be the same for everybody, but it's just what I've noticed about my own life because that's what I know most and best. And and it's sort of like I I find that that I am becoming another person and 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 excited about the change because you know there there was a person you know um, I told you when we were talking the other day that 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 my boyfriend from 60 years ago reconnected with me and um, you know it it was it, it's a sweet story and and mm-hmm. you know he. He connected to apologize for how he broke up with me. He said broke up. I said dump. But um, you know, and 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 it, it's it's really interesting because we both have become different people because of the sixty years in between. And and it's mm-hmm. it's really um, it's fascinating how how we do change as we get older and and wiser, hopefully. And and so. You know, I I think every person should recognize the fact that, that with at least every decade, there is an expansion of the person that they are. There is an enrichment that is that is profound, and if you can if you can acknowledge that and and see what you're building on, it it makes life so much more exciting because you know there's there's plenty of room. I haven't gotten to the top of the pyramid yet, so I'm still working towards the capstone, and, and so is everybody else. And, and I, so I find that so beautiful. That that's really so beautiful that that is your perspective. Because I think the worst, most painful feeling in the world is not to be okay with who we are, not to be okay with what we look like, not to be okay how we're aging. And it's not that again you can't do things for yourself. Of course you can if they give you pleasure, but it's the rejection of oneself that I think is the biggest pain, the biggest pain in our lives. And I think it's the prison. And we create a prison with an open door and we sit there because we think how others see us. We think how the media portrays women. We think we haven't accomplished. We think this, we think that. And we feel so small that we sit and we're not free to live our lives. And for you to talk about that freedom and the reinvention, the freedom to look at ourselves anew, the freedom to change, the freedom to dig deep, it is so glorious and beautiful, and and that's the trap. That's the trap, and, like, again, it's a prison of our own making. Are we going to accept ourselves for who we are and keep expanding, or are we going to reject ourselves and, as we age, get smaller? And and that's one of the biggest crimes of humanity, right, to be here on this earth, to be in this body, to be able to live each day, each breath, and to be feeling like you're in a prison that you can't be yourself. So I, I mm-hmm. love that, and, again, you know, my hope for every woman is that each breath is an expansion and each day is an expansion and each year that goes by, there's more freedom, not less. And that, again, that is, that's the ultimate. And it's so funny to, to, to be so heartbroken and I still have pain in my heart, but to feel like I'm living in that prison less. And it's funny, you would think that I would have more rejection from myself now, right? Like my husband leaves, he works out all the time, he lives with a 34-year-old woman, and yet I feel better about myself than I did while I was in the marriage because I think I've allowed, I have more self-acceptance for myself. So I'm three years older since he left, and and maybe I'm 10 pounds heavier. I don't know. I don't know on the scale. But but you know what I'm saying? Just to to have that freedom, and I, I love what you said, like, 
Like you're living in an expansive mindset. And I wish and pray that every woman could have that experience because you're right, like come juicier and and wiser and, and almost better. And yet society is looking at us and saying, you're worth less, lack, 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 lack. <laughs> and it takes a lot of strength and resilience, right? But it's the truth. It's like if you're willing to buck the system and live in truth and feel that within, ah, life, life is like a diamond. It's like sparkling. And so – I, 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 who's ever listening, I just think what you said is just, we should all do that. We should do it every year. We should always be reinventing ourselves and, and celebrating ourselves. And again, we are in a prison with an open door and, and it's a hard, it's hard to walk out because society judges is so hard, but you know, when you're willing to let that go, ah, oh, freedom and you soar and you have these moments where you feel more alive. I've had more pain in the last three years than I've had my entire life, but I've also had more aliveness than I've ever had in my entire life. And uh, no, I, I, it's interesting I don't how wanna, we choose to live, right? I, I don't want to burst one of your bubbles, but we do get smaller. I have found that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that we do shrink a tad bit as we get older, and, and I know the last time I got um, measured, you know, with a doctor's yearly visit, and he said, "Oh, you know, you're, you're, you've gone from five four to five one." And I said, "Seriously?" And he said, "Yes." And I said, "Oh, that's so great." And he said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "I'm a, I'm now a petite." And <laughs> he said, oh, "But that's what? physical, right? Said, that that's that's yeah." I, I I think it's I forget what petite is, but I I finally have arrived at the petite place, so I don't have to take hems up anymore when I buy stuff. But <laughs> but it's sort of like you know it's it's uh, I joke I joke now to my son I I'm becoming a hobbit if I if I live to be 150 <laughs> you'll be able to bury me in a shoebox. <laughs> I don't think it goes quite that far, but. <laughs> But, but, but you know but, it but, is. But, but there is right. There are physical look. We there are physical things that happen to us as we age. But yes, I think we how we choose to see our life, especially as women, like we shrink. I think a lot of women we start shrinking as teenagers, and we shrink our whole lives. And that that emotional shrinkage and that spiritual shrinkage, I think that's that's our choice. And and again, it's very challenging because. The world presents women with many, many challenges, but we don't fall and we don't have to be small and we don't have to act small. We can, like I, we keep expanding every year in different ways, and oh, yeah. I just hope that you know. And that the fact that you say that you keep you keep reinventing it's it's a beautiful way to look at things. It really is. Well, I, and I just again like yeah. I tell I tell my son I, I'm I I'm physically five one but I have a six foot aura, so um, <laughs> that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. So just you know give me room because I will always need it. Um, it it just it <laughs> I love it. It's it's sort of you know it's it's perspective. But the other thing that I want to want to sort of reiterate here because I think it's so important. I mean, everything you've said is absolutely, you know, it, it's it's a hundred percent. But I think the one thing that 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 I would add to it is, don't ever lose your sense of humor because if your sense of humor can get you through anything, and if you can, 
if you can use your sense of humor to get yourself through a lot of situations, you know, you 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 know, you're golden. You really are. And I'm not saying you, you have to all the time be, you know, laugh because that's that's not appropriate. Though though I find the mo- most fun to do is to get people laughing at a funeral. So, um, you know, there is there is joy in laughter. Laughter lightens everything. And if you can laugh, then you can survive. And um it's 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 definitely, you know, you you don't try to tell somebody this, you know, as 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 their partner has just, you know, passed away or whatever. You have to be tactful about it. But but the element of laughter is so important to everybody's life and with laughter comes healing and healing is an amazing um it is it, laughter is an amazing healing tool. Um you you had you had something in the book about doorways. Um about about not being able to carry everything through a doorway, leaving something before you went through a doorway. Do you recall that? Yes, absolutely. I just want to say about humor, you're you're so right. And and I have to say that, you know, this is the second time we've spoken and I think that you carry the, your humor very well and it and it's it's delightful and we all have to remember that as serious and as hard as life can get there is this beautiful lightheartedness about life and this joy of laughter and and even laughing at our own selves I mean I've made a lot of jokes over the years about my situation and and sometimes you know you need just to laugh sometimes you need to cry and sometimes you need to laugh and they both they both are just as healing, you know, when, when the time is right. Uh, so I, I really appreciate what you just said. And I didn't talk about um, humor in the book. I cried uh, actually writing most of the book. But, yes, um, humor is a very, very important thing. And, and whatever can make you laugh, whatever brings you joy is, is very important. Um, as far as the doorway, yes. Um, you know, there, I think what happens is that, you know, we're always bringing – Everything that happens to us to every moment, we're bringing our stress, we're bringing our worry. Like, you know, we wake up in the morning and you spill your coffee and you're late and you're this or that, that. And by the time you get to your first meeting, you know, that's all with you. And then you're going to snap at your colleague or snap at your kid when you get home. And we don't realize that we don't have to carry everything with us all the time, even if it's important. And, you know, I was reading uh, Mark Nepo's book, um, Oh, the name of the book escapes me right now. Uh, I think it's uh, Awake. What is it? Good? I don't remember the name of his book. It, it, he's such a fabulous author. Uh, the Great Awakening, I think maybe the name of the book is. And he tells the story about a man who wants to paint his house. So he goes to the store and he buys red paint and he buys brushes and he buys paddles and he buys cloth and he buys all these things and he, his arms are totally full. And as he goes to open the door, to his house he doesn't want to put anything down and he's trying to open the door and he's carrying all these things and all of a sudden he just he can't do it and he falls back and the red paint gets all over us and the point for for mark the story is sometimes you need to put down what you're carrying to enter and it's so simple and when i was going through this very difficult situation with my husband i'd be crying and things would be so horrible i had to go to a meeting i had to go meet a friend i had to go pick up my child and so what I do is I always remember that I don't have to carry everything into each moment, even if it's important. And so I use every door as like a symbol for me to be aware. What can I put down before I go through this door? 
What can I put down before I leave my house? And it was such a beautiful practice because sometimes you're holding something and it seems so damn important, but it's not very important for where you're going in the next moment. And what's even more amazing is sometimes you put something down and it feels so good you never pick it back up. Because a lot of our stress and our worries are just projections about the future, and we allow ourselves not to have that fear or worry. We feel so open and free that we're like, why do I want to hold that anymore? I'd rather be a maybe. I'd rather laugh. I'd rather focus on something new. So it's a really simple practice, but when – because there were so many doors, and especially during the pandemic, because most of us were inside. We were just going from one room to the next. It was such a great practice to have, to remember that before we enter the next moment, what can we put down? Do we have to carry everything forward? And we carry so much when we don't need to. And when we're free and when we're light and when we're open, we allow so much more. It's like we block so many possibilities because we think we need to hold on to everything that's happened to us in our entire life. And we don't realize that we could put it down and pick it up later and enter the moment free and new and open for, to create new things. So for me, I was able to do that so often. I was able to forget about my husband or ex-husband now for an hour or two hours. And then sometimes I wouldn't pick up one of some of those thoughts again, or I would just enjoy two hours and then pick it up again later. And I just think that we should all be more aware of what we carry and and what we don't need to carry to the next moment. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, something becomes habit that it's it's just a part of us that, that, you know, we're trudging along with. And, you know, we we don't need, you know, it's become a habit that it's always there. It's almost a comfort. And yet, you know, I'm done utilizing this hurt or this difficult time. I really don't need to take it with me any further. It does it serves no purpose and my back hurts. So, right. you know, let's let's just let it go. And, you know, uh, a lot of times um when when I have led meditations or or, you know, uh, an event where 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 we're meditating and going someplace and doing something, and I always tell people just let go of everything, the bothers of the day and the worries of the day, and when we come back, you can pick them up if you want to, but you don't have to. Mm. And yeah. quite often yeah. by the time you know we're done with the meditation, I bring everybody back, and it's like, okay, scattered on the floor are all the things you left behind. You know, what you don't want, you can leave here and we'll sweep out later. And very often people will, would come up and say, you know, I, I left some stuff on the floor that, that I didn't think I would, would ever let go of. But, you know, when you told me I didn't have to pick it up again, I didn't. And yeah. sometimes because you experience we the need, freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes we need to give ourselves the permission to let go of something. And, and, yeah, and you know, you keep. Well, you know, sometimes you carry guilt about, for instance, you know, a parent who's passed away and you didn't do all the things you wanted to and you could have and things like that, and you carry that guilt with you, but but your parent is already on the other side and doing wonderful things and doesn't really give a damn, and you're just punishing yourself for, for something that you did that, that you would never do again. So the lesson is learned, so you don't need to carry the guilt. And, and you know, quite often, you know, we have things like that that we are carrying that have become a habit. And and I th- I love the the um, 
the, the visualization of you know putting it down and just not picking it up when you go through a door because for for a lot of people that practice for for the first little while could really help them get rid of a lot of the stuff that they're carrying a lot of the baggage they're carrying that they don't don't need i mean we all need an overnight bag as far as that goes but we don't need a steamer trunk so you're you're, you're right you're right, and and every time I pass by a door, I think about that. And, you know, at first you're going to pick it back up. At first you're going to say, okay, I'm going to put down this fear or worry about my child or being alone or this or that. I'm just going to put it down when I go to this meeting. And then you experience some freedom, and you're like, okay, I'm done with the meeting. I'm going to pick it back up again. But every time you do it, every time you have this awareness of what can I put down for an hour, what can I put down, you know, you keep asking yourself as you go through the door, that freedom, like you said, the, 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 the openness, the freedom to not have to carry something so heavy. There are some things we don't pick up. Like there are things I still carry. I put them down. I pick them both. I pick them back up because I haven't processed them yet. But there's a lot of stuff that I've chosen after a while not to pick back up. And it's life altering. And like I said, you know, we think, like you said, we think like we need to carry these things. It's our obligation. It's our duty. We're going to figure them out by holding it as how it's going to become better, and it's not true. Often it becomes better when we let it go and we accept it and we open up to something new. Like, you know, life is changing, and sometimes we're not changing with life because we're so busy carrying everything from yesterday that we can't catch up to where life is. And so by putting it down, I find that I'm more open and I'm, and I'm, I'm where life is. And so the more you do it, the, the less you're going to pick it back up. And, it, and like you said, it's a beautiful practice. And because there are doors everywhere, you make that the habit. The habit is what can I put down every time I hit a door? Is there anything I could put down before I enter this next moment? And, and then, like you said, you could commit to picking it back up. You could decide not to. It's just you're breaking that habit. It's because it's unconscious, right? You're not even thinking about what you're holding. But what you're holding is holding you back. And, and that was an interesting lesson for me to see that. And I think a lot of my letting go happened through that practice. Yeah, and another thing with people, and, and not necessarily with you, because I know you're still processing everything, but sometimes people hold on to relationships you know their 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 difficulties way longer than is appropriate, yeah. and lots of times I tell them to to have a funeral, and and to mm-hmm. literally have a funeral and dig a hole and and bury objects or whatever or pictures or or you know whatever, and and um, or or go to the if you're if you're by water you can you know go at low tide and bury everything and then sit and watch the tide come up and wash it out to see sometimes you need to do something physical to actually let go of something and um i've i've had i've had um funerals for a couple of people they're still alive but i had funerals for them because they were no longer in my life and there there was one that you know i really you know i threw a hell of a party you know for the funeral and and it was a great excuse to have a party Everybody thought it was hysterical. We had a bonfire. Everybody threw a little something that I had saved from that person, and we said goodbye with the smoke, and, 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 and then we had, we had a great party. So sometimes, you know, celebrating the end of a piece of our life and putting a, a, a good ending to it gives us the opportunity to, to start anew and, and you know, Find new stuff that that you know you can celebrate. 
Yeah, absolutely. We don't realize. I mean, it, it, things are types. There are all these different types of deaths, right? And, and I uh-huh. experienced the death of a marriage. And people experience the death of a relationship or the death of a job. Or, but we linger. And I think you're right. I think the lingering, after a while you process it, you go through the grief, and yet sometimes we linger too long. We linger uh, because of obsessive thoughts. We linger because we don't love ourselves. We linger because we're not opening up. We have, still have expectations. So, yeah, there's a point where I think we have to accept it and recognize, recognize the death of whatever we experience. And I think that's a beautiful thing because sometimes, uh, you know, to have a physical acknowledgement of that, like a funeral or, like you said, to bury something or to – to do some kind of ritual. I think rituals are very important. They have helped me a lot over the last three years, uh, different types of rituals, uh, whether it be prayer or meditation or spiritual baths or, or whatever people do. But I think it's important to put the past to rest at some point, and I agree with you. And I think we, don't, we linger too long often. Well, I think one of the, the things, the rule that I have for me when I do this is that you know while while there are things that I will be throwing into the fire for everything that I bury or throw into the fire or whatever I am forced to give a positive that I got from the relationship a positive lesson that that I had gathered that would enhance me in future relationships and and you know and you know while while finding things to burn is one thing that's <laughs> that was easy but but my rule being that that I had to have a positive a pos- and and I underline and put in capitals a positive not not I will never do this again but but I learned that communication was very important and that I am going to watch in the future to make sure that I not only listen better but I communicate as well as listen and you know those kind of things because because no matter what has died it has taught you something of a positive nature to enhance your life and it's important you know it's so important to gather those positives and and treasure them because you suffered for them (laughs) i mean (laughs) you're absolutely absolutely right and also we need to learn right like like it's funny like so many things uh the portrayal and him leaving and all these things and I didn't leave, but does it mean that I didn't participate in certain issues in my marriage? And so, you know, I, I got to look at parts of myself that I needed to work on, that I, that I needed to grow, as to elevate as a human being. And to not look at that part is to just repeat, is either to shut down, like you said, or just to repeat it again. And, and oh, yeah. oh, my goodness, for me to repeat that again or for me to shut down, it almost feels like someone's taking part of my breath away. And and, yeah. and it's painful work. You know, it's painful to say, oh, he left, I didn't end it, but look, I did these things. It, it, it's, it's a very, but it it really is what life's about. Because if you want to grow, you have to spend the time. So I think that's really important looking at, I think also looking at the positives of what you had when the person was in your life and the positive mm-hmm. on the lessons. But the lessons, you have to be able to look at, at your share, even if it was 20% or 25%, whatever it is. To grow as an individual, we have to be responsible for our part and, and embrace those lessons. And I think that's one of the hardest parts, especially when you're in so much pain, 
to, to look at oh, what yeah. you did, but, you know, it's part of the juice, it's, and it's part of, of expanding as a human being because, like I said, I think the worst thing for me would be to not learn more about myself. Like the most interesting thing, I think, in life is to understand ourselves, right? Not for oh, anyone yeah. else and to understand us, but for us to understand ourselves. So I think what you, what you said is really beautiful and poignant, and I, I think that's how we move on. We move on by, you know, by looking at it and understanding ourselves and our role and our lessons. Well, yeah, and, and I did, you know, I, I usually ended with I'm very grateful for the experience, but no thank you note. And you, know, <laughs> you should write a book. You should write a book. I should. Title. I'm very grateful, Vinny Trent, and no thank you note. I don't know how many books you've written. Maybe it'll be your tenth, but I, I think that would oh, be a God. great name. <laughs> well, I, I I have a lot in my head. I haven't quite gotten them on paper yet, but they're they're definitely there. Um, we're we're really coming down to to the end here, unfortunately. And I want to I want to let people know that that your website is. Um, AllisonCameron.com, uh, and you know you want to give out any other information um, as far as you know your podcast and things like that. Sure, sure. Uh, my two books are The Gift of Maybe and A Year Without Men, and they're available at all major bookstores and of course Amazon and, and on, online retailers. Uh, like you said, my website is AllisonCarmen.com, C-A-R-M-E-N, and my podcast is 10 Minutes to Less Suffering. And it's really a great podcast. It's, it's only 10 minutes, but, you know, it really tackles a mindset or a perspective, and it gives you so much hope. It reduces your stress and worry. And so it's really lovely, and it's free, and you can get it on Spotify and iTunes and you know, my hope is that, again, the, the book I just wrote or any of my work just helps people love themselves more, have less stress, have less worry, and kind of find who they really are in this lifetime and really get to experience it, you know, it's, and it's all its beauty and wonder. And, again, you know, the biggest takeaway, again, is our relationship with the unknown and uh, and being in maybe and accessing, you know, our greatness because we all have that. And And thank you so much for you know, letting me come on tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. Well, it's been a delight to share with you as well, and and hopefully we'll we'll be able to do this again sometime in the future because I think your information is well worth repeating and getting out there and helping other people to recognize that that um, while we are works in process and progress, that that you know the joyful expression of the spirit within is an adventure that, that, you know, is is just amazing. And and to celebrate it and uh, not wallow in, in, in other stuff, but to, to get on with the joy of life. So I do thank you again. And um, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to um, remind you the, that we're on YouTube and, that, uh, and lots of other servers. You can find Nightlight just about everywhere. And um, the fact that, that the name of the show is Nightlight means that, you know, we're trying to share, you know, share a little bit of light and darkness sometimes. And, and if we've given you a, a, a ray of light to, to incorporate into your life, um, I'm so very delighted. Uh, Mark has a show on Tuesday, and we have another show on Thursday and another show on Friday. And, you know, keep Keep checking us out. Uh, YouTube has a follow button or a prescribe or a subscribe button, not prescribe. Um, 
and and do sign up to follow and and be reminded of what we're doing and that's how we know that you're listening so i greatly would appreciate it if you would do that good night everybody <laughs>